For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Today is Tuesday, right? Yeah, I'm off all week. I, I don't know where I, where my head's at. Uh, Spencer Israel, Joel Elcott, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Today we are talking uh, undervalued or, quote, low P.E. stocks uh, and the rally in those undervalued stocks that we're looking at. We're talking buybacks versus dividends. We're talking Credit Suisse unloading the rest of their uh, positions from Archegos uh, and uh, some ramifications from that for the bank. We're taking questions from our chat. So a good show for you today. Nick Shaheen is our guest, author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com at 835. Everyone smash that like button. Let us know how much you like us in the eyes of the YouTube algorithm. Thank you very much. Joel, good morning. How are we doing out there? A little bit of red, but I mean, you consider all that green we had yesterday. This is absolutely nothing. Relevant levels, uh, pre-market high, 74.50. Yesterday's high, 73.75. So not getting me calling a double top here, but there is a double top. Uh, Crude up 92 cents at 59.58, trying to get back over that $60 level. Gold Climbing back towards that major resistance at 1750, that's up 880 at 1736.70 or 37.70. Uh, silver, that's grappling with 25, that's up 22 cents, right at 25, right on the kisser. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, that's down $300 at 59,500. I guess no one is too worried about uh, China's version of the Bitcoin uh, coming out, announced, I guess, overnight. But uh, Triple D, that was one heck of a rally yesterday. Wow, I wow, hope, wow. Uh, boy, oh man, oh man. I mean, opened up, took out the pre market high. Kept on going. So uh, how is it looking in the after hours? Looks like we got a little reversal. Did that happen before you, the you shut down at 8 o'clock? There was up. We were up last night. So I was actually surprised that we'd given all of the gains back overnight. And we, were, and we were significantly in the red at one point overnight. But the buy the dippers win again. And here we are. We're almost flat on the S&Ps. We've got the QQQs trying to go positive. Actually, they just did right now, right here, live on pre-market prep. The QQQ goes green once again by the dip wins. Let me see that. Oh, oh, say goodbye to 325. Look at that. Wow. Gap up on uh, two yesterday. And then right over that 325. Wow, that what a level. Don't you hate when it does that? When you have a level like that, man. 
Look at that. Just leaped right over it. Now going back. Finally woke up. Apple finally woke up. Uh, Google, which we had been touting on the breakout, that was up huge. Facebook, they should, if they would have uh, released everyone's phone number, they probably would have been up 20 <laughs> bucks instead of eight bucks. Uh, but man, big tech finally, finally got told the line for us in yesterday's yeah. session. It's value. This is a value-driven market. Multiple questions. When will Fubo go up? Fubo is not a value no. stock. It is not a value tech stock. If you are high PE or no PE in the fact that you don't make money, you are not participating for the most part in this <gasps> rally. We've seen some participation, but a lot of non-participation in the Kathy names. This has been a value-driven market. Look no further than running a scan this morning. Ran a scan, S&P 500, taking stocks with a PE under 20 in the S&P 500. There is 12, only 12. Again, this is based on last year's earnings. Some of last year's earnings are depressed, so I'm not using forward earnings, using the using uh, last year's earnings. So if you do use those, though, you have 12 stocks, 12 stocks of the 500 that have PE under 20. And let's take a look at them. Ben, the first one, Franklin Resources. That is making a new high on the year right now. We have BK, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. We have DHI, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. We have General Dynamics, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. Notice a pattern? We have Hewlett Packard, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. We have Lennar, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. We have Met. Life, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. We have Oracle, which made a new 52-week high yesterday. Full disclosure, I do own Oracle in the long-term portfolio. PFG, which just just missed a new all a new 52-week high yesterday. Another home builder, PHM, new 52-week high yesterday. SHW, Sherwin-Williams, the paint company, new 52-week high yesterday. And Whirlpool, new 52-week high yesterday. So 11 out of 12 and the one that missed, missed by 50 cents. You can clearly see that this market wants low PE stocks. You know what? In in funny on a historical perspective, is is that low? Fifteen. Not really. No. Not really. No. But again, this is based on last year's earnings. So looking forward, some of these PEs are probably lower than that because I ran the PE based on current right now. So it takes right. last four quarters of earnings. As opposed to if you run it on a forward multiple, we know 2020 was a rough year for a lot of companies. So, you know, the home builder is probably firing all cylinders, but there's a couple companies in there that might not be. So I think, you know, you look forward, you're going to see some that are trading lower than that. I mean, General Motors going forward is trading looking at, you know, 10 or 11. So, um, you know, not based on last year because people, you know, in the middle of the pandemic were saving money. But I mean, going forward here, General Motors, you know, it's another low P stock. If you look at it from a forward basis, I think it's trading 11 times looking forward. So, I mean, there is some cheap stocks in there, but you can clearly see the divergence continues to stay. Even what you were saying off the bat with, you know, looking at what was driving us yesterday, it was Apple with a good day. It was Facebook. It's been, we've been talking about Facebook. The P is reasonable on it. Google, I've talked about Google forever. Growth at a reasonable cost. What's Google? What's Google at? Is it uh, P? It's around 200 bucks in the last three days. This is incredible movement. 2218, Joel. So you've seen big movements. Full no, disclosure. no, no. I'm just asking about the. Um, I'm long Google. The PE. Um, I don't know where the PE is. Spencer, do you have that in front of you? It's uh, it's under 30. Uh, 
yeah, we looked at this like a week ago. It, I feel like it's in the twenties. Well, it, it was under thirty. It's it, it, moving. Uh, in a whirlpool, someone's saying, "What the hell is this up for?" I mean, this is an actually. I mean, if like you talk about obvious Adam and stuff, and I, people were not going on vacations, right? They were at their house. So if you have this vacation money, you're spending more time in your home. What are you going to do to your home? You're going to, you're going to, you got the money, you got the extra money, you got the extra time. So you're going to put it into a house. Interesting side fact. I was talking to my, my cousin Stephanie over the weekend and she's a building manager or she's the manager for a city of a small town, Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And she said that building permits when last year for all kinds of projects were like three times as high as they had in all like in in the like previous five years yeah. so that's why you're you know your home depots right people are doing i can oh, do yeah, this stuff on my, look at that i mean holy matt that looks like viacom that's, that's, be scary. that's and the, scary. One, the one problem is here if you're coming into chasing these things now you've kind of late to the party i should um i think you i think you get pullbacks in these things though they're buying opportunities just like general motors i'm kicking myself because the thing ran if we look at the beginning of march ran all the way up to 62 got overbought what's it do has a nice little healthy correction what's it do now a resumption of the previous trend and it's now banging its head up against the 52 week high so i'm long gm i've sold puts on gm i actually want to be long more gm i'm kicking myself that i didn't sell more puts or buy more stock in the 55 56 area so um i said the other day it would not surprise me in the least if this ev story on gm continues i can see you can see a scenario yeah that general motors could go to 100 bucks you can see that scenario out there where if the ev story gets hot and this thing's trained with a pe of 11 and it starts to become your major <laughs> ev player like think about general motors i'm saying on this show right now that general motors will eventually be the number one this is my prediction the number one ev maker in the world i think they will make the most sell the most ev cars in the world how, how about how about i believe they GM. will Having a better day than Tesla yesterday. Yep. When Tesla Tesla announces the deliveries, and that's seven twenty. I it never got there yesterday. I was hoping to, for to a little bit lower risk short for it to get up to that seven twenty. I never did, but ended up with a red candle. But yeah, yeah, GM is yeah exactly GM. Everybody Ford. hates that comment, but that's my opinion. I'm not saying I know anything. Nobody knows anything, but I'll bet on GM. And I've been betting on GM for a while. Yeah. So I think they will be a major EV player. And I think they may eventually become the number one EV player. They obviously got some ground to make up on Tesla. Tesla's got a huge lead. They've done a lot of things right. If Tesla was trading at 25 or 30 times earnings, I would buy it. I would buy Tesla if if it was 25 or 30 times earnings. It is not. What's the PE on Tesla, Mr. Israel? What's the PE? Even looking forward, go forward. Because they're making money, so we can do a PE on it. What's a PE on Tesla? I will look it up for you. Forward PE. Oh, God. <laughs> How uh, many digits what is it? Uh, what is it? I'm seeing like 170. 170. That's so are, is Tesla 100 or 10 times better than General Motors? That's a question. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. That's why I continue to not own Tesla and I own General Motors. There's more, you know, the eyeball test. There's there's a few more Teslas around. But still, like when I hear those delivery numbers, like over the weekend, like 185,000 cars. I'm like, okay. 
is, is that a lot of cars? I mean, if we did that, I mean, whatever. We could talk about Toyota it. Toyota, too. Somebody's saying Toyota can be a major player. You know what? Toyota pulling back here this morning. I like Toyota, too. I think you buy the pullback in Toyota. So I think they're going to be a major EV player as well. I completely agree with the person who's saying that in the chat. I think Toyota is going to be a major player. Toyota has been sleepy for five years. You know what? Toyota is the kind of stock I'm rating it down right now. I might buy some Toyota. I don't own any right now. It's It's down three bucks this morning. Was there a headline on Toyota? Why is it down three bucks? Do we know? It's obviously traded over. That's an all-time high for Toyota. Mm. Well, it was. It's not now. I mean, not to. I mean, it's well, it wasn't enough back in February. It's not far off. They they reported. They like everyone else reported uh, March sales last late last week, but no. Um, Anyways, it's down three bucks for some reason. I like Toyota. I like this pullback on Toyota. I might be a buyer. I might put in the long-term portfolio here because I'm thinking that these major automakers are all going to be major players in EV. They have the infrastructure. You know, they have the infrastructure to do that. You know, they just need the technology to uh, to be able to do it. But, uh, but they all right. have the technology to. Like I said before, you know, I told this story with my friend that works at an engineer at Chrysler. And when I was in school, this kid was a genius. So don't kid yourself. There are some very, very smart people that work at General Motors and Toyota and Chrysler and Ford. There are very smart people that work there. So are they as smart as Musk? Maybe not. Musk is a genius, the stuff that he's doing. But, you know, we see, you know, the SpaceX. Musk is all over the place, too, remember. You know, he's doing so much with SpaceX. I love SpaceX. Again, in the private market, so if you'd go to buy that, it's going to trade with probably ridiculous multiples as well. But, I mean, if you're looking at Tesla's a space play, what happens when SpaceX comes public? It's going to come public eventually. Is Tesla still a space play then? Is Tesla still an Elon Musk play, or do they jo- jump and gravitate over to that one? At the end of the day, Tesla's major source of income is cars. So, I mean, I've been talking against Tesla here all the way up, all the way you know down a little bit here. So I'm not saying the Tesla you know bubble is over, but I am saying that General Motors and Ford and maybe potentially Toyota are starting to come back. And they're starting to become, you know, seen as potential EV players. People are talking about them in the media. People are talking about them, you know, everywhere as being EV players. And it's logic that they weren't just going to sit back and continue to make their gas guzzling cars. We're all going to be EV. Ten years, well, we're all going to be driving electric vehicles. Did you see uh, GM just announced that that electric Hummer for $105,000, right? It's uh, this electric Hummer. It's one hundred five thousand dollars it's got some feature i guess some like elevation feature that you can like go like go over obstacles i i i, I, I looked at the i saw an ad of it but i didn't click on yeah. it so i just saw the picture I mean, it, it, cool. it looks insane but who's gonna buy that it's, it's, yeah it's a lot of money but they're not all gonna be hundred thousand dollar evs there's gonna be thirty thousand dollar evs right. you know general motors gonna have a lot of different choice and so is ford i love the ford f-150 if that thing goes electric i'm probably gonna buy one so my Ford F-150, I'm hauling stuff around, you know, doing different things with that. I mean, I love my Ford F-150. And it goes electric? Sure. I'll trade mine in and go buy an EV one. Because I think we all have to eventually. I think we're all going EV. So, yeah, how long have you had the one you had? Well, I, I just keep turning them in. This one's oh, like two okay. years old. Yeah, I train, you know, every few years. I, I go a little while. I don't like to go every three years. They're really killing you. So I try to drive them. But I work on them, too. I mean, I'm doing different stuff with them. So. You know, you're moving, pulling trailers, pulling my boat. You're doing different things with them. So I make them work. <laughs> I don't have to sit back looking at it. I use a pickup. Right. I'm up here in the bush, Joel. 
Yeah, I know. I know. I, know. I was in the bush until uh, this excavator outside my house <laughs> doing a little bit of damage to the bush, but that's another story. So, All right. What we, we else? We don't want to upset the tree lovers, so we won't talk too much about that. I love trees as well. We want to save as many trees as possible. Boy, we are getting some heat for the G. I hope Raz isn't listening. We'll get fired for talking. They don't like it. No, everybody likes Tesla. They don't like Jeff. Yeah. You know, and also, I was just, you mentioned like space and stuff. When when are you dipping your toe back in uh, space, uh, uh, Virgin Galactic, man? When they, when, when, okay, so Fubo, space, all these stocks are the same thing. I'm out of them all. I'm going to jump jump back in when growth starts to come back in the favor is, it's showing yeah. me nothing like i'm not seeing anything joel of any love for any anything that's not making money you're seeing the same story look at the stocks that did not participate in yesterday's rally bunch of SPACs, space fubo if you look and your company's not making money it probably didn't participate well cciv which is you know everybody's been talking about obviously um, you know, as the, the, a huge EV play. I mean, it's not participating either here. Big rally in the markets. Q's up. Markets making new all-time highs. That stock just sits there and does nothing. Still hated. I still say, you know, if you were looking at it, you do have a level to lean on. But the longer it sits down here, you know, it, yeah. I thought maybe it gets a little bit of life in the last couple of days. It's not getting life when the markets rally. Now, if you get this reversal where they start selling value, maybe they're going to jump back into these growth. I think you can still have a few of these stocks. Don't sell all. I would not sell all of my growth names. I would not sell all of my. If you've got a few higher P stuff in there, you got to have a little bit of that. You know, the, the Kramer barbell approach. It's a good way to go about it. But if you're sent with all EV, all growth, all SPAC. You're looking at this rally and you're like, why am I not making money? Why is my account not at all-time highs? If you're sitting diversified, your account probably is making new all-time highs. So, I mean, that's the point that I've talked about on this show for a decade. It depends what you want to do. You want to get rich overnight? You go all in on one stock and you hope you hit it. You know, you want to get rich overnight at the casino? You bet it all on red and you hope you hit I mean, I'm not in the game to hope. This is my business. This is how I make my livelihood. This is how I pay my bills. This is my only main source of income is my trading. I cannot just be taking, you know, gambles and going no. all in. No, my, my all in bet is probably like five percent of my overall. Yeah, work. why? Why really, were really, you? like really, really, you know, wanted to own a stock. Um, you know, maybe I would get you know five percent of my net worth in there tops. You know, because I want to stay diversified. I, I, safety pres- preservation of capital has always been, you know, what you know I'm all about. So yeah, D, uh, Triple D. What a, I mean, one stock that hasn't left the station yet, and I don't know if it ever will. What about AT and T? I, you know, what I've said, I don't know long term if the dividend is safe. They're saying that I'm not sure if the dividend safe. The dividend is safe in the short term. It is safe in the short term. I'm just trying to like envision, you know. I think they go X this week, doesn't it? Doesn't it go X this week? Yeah, it looks good. On the chart, it looks pretty good. We've washed out. It's a value name. It's got a nice dividend, 6.77. It does Ooh. trade like a bond, though, and that holds it back to a certain extent because there is no growth there. You know, it's all about the 6.77% dividend. So if interest rates are going up, that does not help that stock to a certain extent. But you know what? The chart's kind of sleepy. I think AT&T, I could get talked into a trade in AT&T. Yeah, not an investment, Joel, but a trade. Goes X on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. so I could, I could get talked into a trade on this. You want to talk me into it? Uh, Stop I yourself mean, out below that 2950 area. 
you're buying at 37, you're risking a buck and a half, and you're saying maybe you could get some life up to 35, 36 bucks. What about that I, guy I that see, I was already ready for it to go to 45? Uh, who, who was uh, in there? The actor, yeah, was that Nelson uh, Peltz or something? Was I don't that... know if it's Peltz. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was who in there. It was, um, oh, somebody oh, with an N. No, no, uh, was it, I think it was Einhorn. No, was it Einhorn? Was, was Einhorn in there? No, it wasn't. anyways, there, there was somebody in there, Joe. I can't remember either. Uh, maybe the chat has got our back. We have a very the smart chat, chat. yeah, the chat's very smart. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think, AT&T? I, I think like, I like it here. Uh, Elliot. It was Elliot. Elliot. I'm sorry. Elliot yeah. was in there. I was close with the E. Are they still in there or they're out? No. Nelson Elliot. No. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I don't I know. They had Verizon. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at that, you know, the, that yield. is. I mean, if you if you keep an eye on it, you know, and if they cut the dividend, then you're toast. Then there's really not but much you can do. I don't think that's a minute. But you know what? They, they're going to make that HBO Time Warner. Isn't uh, that Kong versus Godzilla movie? Isn't that uh, Time Warner, which is now HBO, which is yeah. AT&T? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't even got – they're a media stock, too. They haven't even gotten any love on, you know, on the media end. So I – I mean, you know me. I'm, you know, I'm concerned. I, I, I mean, that kind of dividend, to me, is just irresistible. But are you? you do know, you own it? I own it. Yep. Yep. I, I, I've yep. given hate for AT and T for a long time on this show. Today, I'll officially say, I don't hate AT and T anymore. I'm not long it. I could actually get behind it. Not long term though. I don't know about long term. As a trade, as a trade right now, I kind of like it, just okay. as a trade, because I think five years from now, I think AT and T could struggle. I it's going to be don't. at thirty. It's going to be. It could be lower. I think five years from now, they might have to cut that dividend. I think three years from now, I just think there's like, there are a lot of businesses that are just they they made bad business decisions, you know. And I've said before, this could be the next General Electric. It hasn't materialized. I said this over the last year. It hasn't materialized, which is good news. And they have started to turn around some of that stuff. But, I mean, DirecTV, they're trying they're, they're trying to do the right things. They're trying to get rid of DirecTV, sell it some value for it. they quit buying things. They, they, yeah, well, they got to quit buying bad things, Joel. They need to find, you know like, that that goes back, and I'm trying to find the article, but you know that goes all the way back, like, to the 90s with AT&T buying poor uh, – they bought um, NCR. Uh, this is back even before you started it, Bright. They were like, yeah. Every, we're going into mainframes. <laughs> they love buying stuff. <laughs> they went into at, that. At the tops. Yeah. At the and tops. The, yeah. If yep. AT&T buys a business, you know, you look in the sector and that's usually the top. They love buying it. Well, rem- remember for the direct TV, they paid $49 billion oh. in 2015 and they just unloaded it last year for $16 billion. Um, so that's not a good What trade. did they pay? 49 billion they unloaded for 16 yeah uh, that's yeah that's not a great investment but at least they got 16 i can't believe they got 16 for it i thought it was like basically not worth anything i know kind of i mean direct tv whatever it's cool yeah. and everything but we're streaming yeah so world is all about streaming uh, we stream nick, nick shaheen has thoughts on at&t we'll have to get his thoughts when he comes on in 10 minutes i i and people are saying covered calls buying it right in covered calls that's a great strategy I think yeah, I just do. don't know how much juice. Enhance the yield. I don't know how much juice is in there either, so you got to price it out. But you could probably enhance it by – I bet you could enhance it by 10%. I bet you or, could. Yeah, and you know, if you really wanted to be, like, super uh, conservative, you could buy the stock, sell the calls, and then – 
buy some puts underneath and then if the thing you know so you're not you're not you're you're protected somewhat right and if it just stays there and goes nowhere then seven percent cha-ching seven percent cha-ching i mean who's going to complain about that usually the arabs will have that priced in with the put call parity so that they're going to be probably paying seven percent to put that on so you get nothing <laughs> they're, they're good joel no free lunch out there i'd no. love to be able to hedge myself completely and just extract seven percent risk free from this market i actually would go all in if i could do that <laughs> have you if you've uh, have you heard that. anything about uh structured products at all that some of these banks are putting out I'll have to, uh, you're getting some pretty good yields on some things like Ford and some big companies. Have you, they come across here? No, uh, I don't I, know. I will talk. It will bore people here. I, I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard about Bitcoin structured products. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, I still get to talk to the Ethereum, too. I, I've also heard about Kathy Wood structured products that basically do the same thing, but charge more fees. Um, Joel was talking about AT&T's dividend being safe. You know whose dividend is not safe? Who? Credit Suisse. You know why? Because yeah. they, they said so. Oh, did they? Did they cut it? You, they, well, they've proposed a cut among several other things. Is this all because of yes? Wang? Is this how all can you because that, of that guy? How one person, you? one so, customer? So holy, they were out shopping uh, some some more blocks last yeah, night yeah. here. Uh, in in in, I guess the main three the stocks that they have exposure to, which is Viacom. why would you do that, Dennis? Viacom. Why would you do what? Shop it, man. That just yeah. they go. Well, how you got to get out, Joel? Yeah. They got to get out. Yeah. Why were they not shopping it last week? Is the question. <laughs> so remember that we we talked about this. Was it Friday? I think it was, or no, Thursday. It may have been Thursday that uh, Joel Kalina from Whitebush dropped dropped Joel and I a note. Basically, yeah. Uh, I'm hearing that there's more there's more pain to come. Well, they were offering 34 million shares of Icom after the close and 14 million shares of uh, Vips and 11 million shares of Farfetch after the close. So they're out this morning, Credit Suisse, saying that they're they're going to take a hit of $4.7 billion on this. Man, oh, man. After like a year and a half of earnings. Um, Chief Risk Officer uh, Gone. Is, is out. Head of Investment Banking is out. Gone. Uh, proposed a dividend cut, uh, you know, all sorts of things. But, yeah. How could you not see that sitting on your books? How could you not see that you had that kind of exposure? Back. Well, part of it has to do with the use of swaps, which sort of disguise it. But, but, and then, and then you're, and then you're, uh, I don't know. And, and then you're shopping to the street. Oh, I got stock to sell. Oh, please let me out. Let me out. They're probably like, yeah, we're 35 bid. Come and get me. You know, selling ahead of it. Boy, oh boy. They, well, they, as soon as that was going around last night, that CS note came after the bell. They start hammering VIAC. They start hammering VIPs. And they start hammering uh, FTCH. The pricing range that they threw out on the note wasn't that low. So they're shopping at a, you know, just like a buck or two down from the close on these things. But, I mean, again, where are they going to find the buyers for, you know, this big block? So we don't know the pricing yet of these. Hopefully they're going to get them done. Hopefully they get past this, like, get these off the books and let's move on. But, man, like, you've got to start talking about risk control in these brokers. I mean, look at Goldman, what they do right. I mean, this is why Goldman is Goldman. You know, they're sitting back. They don't play games on this thing. They look at this thing. out. These guys got risk. We liquidate them. You know, like we clear a goal. You know, if yeah. I was doing stuff like that, they're gonna look at my portfolio. They're gonna liquidate me. Well, they can't you know, figure out what the hell you're doing. Kind of okay, yeah, we're not they're just scratching their heads. But uh, this is this is unconfirmed. But uh, I heard Credit Suisse is changing their name to Debit Swiss. Oh my god! 
show. Actually, you know what? No, no, you know what? Dennis laughs. It was Dennis laughs. Funny. Thank it you, Dennis. He's pretty good. <laughs> And once in a while, this guy comes. That was a good show. one. I bet I get four LOLs out of the chat coming up soon. It probably hasn't hit them yet. Yep, yep. Happy Muhammad says ha ha ha. There we go. <laughs> Luke Jacoby. Luke's got my Luke back. Some love. Joey, there. Joey, hot stocks, Luke. Joey. Look at these people. We got hot yeah, stocks. Hot... Luke in can the we, chat can we, right uh, now. Can we? Agnes is in there. It says Joel's the best. Look at that. Look at it. that. I'm just going to retire. Yeah, Jeffrey, Stefan, Marshall's I, I in give, there. I give you the last Up and Powell's in there. Pump the and Powell. Corey. And I'm sorry we missed a few. You guys are all I awesome. Know. We love yes. you guys. It's yes. Chat Rocks. Yeah. Right. The best Woo. chat. Nick, the can, best can, chat can, on the you laughed. Hey, you know what? If you laughed at that, smash the like button. That's <laughs> that check. There All right. Nick, Nick's dying to come on here, man. He's they in would... the background. He's the backstage right now. Just let me in. Let me in. I'm going to get that triple D. <laughs> <laughs> if not, he can get you on Twitter. So if yeah, he can be on We had a deal, actually. We had a SPAC deal this morning. Muds. Oh. Oh, Getting God. out of the mud? Mud. All right. M U D S is your ticker for the SPAC. They're mur- buying the Tops company. Uh, you know, that's top- the top. You know, you know tops as the uh, yeah baseball cards is, is what is what you know them as i'm gonna trade on the nasdaq under the ticker t-o-p-p i would imagine they're trying to sell this as some sort of a part nft play oh yeah for sure but i don't really know the play other than that because um yeah i mean big baseball car i don't know I, I this one is beyond me guys this is beyond me um, so this was announced on CNBC, Andrew Ross Sorkin, actually, I don't know if he's breaking the deal, but he was really quick on it. Um, and Joe Kernan's in the background saying, this is an NFT play. Yep. This is an NFT play. And every time Joe Kernan said it was an NFT play, this thing went higher and higher. This thing went all the way up to like $12 and 30 cents in about a minute, in about a minute. And again, same story that we see in the SPACs again and again and again, is that the pops on the on the acquisition announcements are quickly faded oh and this was faded five minutes later it had given back the majority of those gains so if you're chasing these things up 15 20 percent on a deal announcement it that was working really well two months ago it is not working well right now and if you're buying this thing at 11 11 50 12 saying another nft deal it's uh not so good it's still okay if you owned it at 992 though the chairman of the, of the board was is going to be Michael Eisner from Disney. Really? This yeah, is like he's this is a lot of good things here. But uh, <laughs> how would you do that? Uh, it's it's a spac. Spacs are hated. I I don't know. Joel, what are you doing? You jumping in? You getting in some tops? <laughs> I have. Well, first of all, who picked out like the symbol muds? I mean, come on. Well, you know, well, it's going to become tops. Well, so I don't know. Kind of it's, I, the 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 spac is called Mudrick Capital, so it makes some. Okay, was um, Mud gone? Let's see if Mud is there. Oh yeah, he could have just got Mud. I, he didn't need to put the S. Yeah, I mean Eisner. I mean that that makes me you know a little bit interest. But like I told yeah. you guys, I am batting a hundred percent in my spac investments. Okay, <laughs> I have made no money. And I've lost no money. So you guys are, you know, let I them become real companies. 
You were crazy for a while. I was a little worried I like about 30 you. of those things at one time. Hey, I can't believe you have 30 of those things. I on, think I did. Dennis. I was diversified in the pre-deals. <laughs> they were working so yeah, well. Diversification. <laughs> diversification. The pre-deals. They were working so well that SNPR, I had some gap up 100%. I was like, boom, boom. I'm like, You killed the SPACs, Dennis. Yeah, you I know. I was them. the one that was buying them all pre-merger. And I'm like, I just sell them on the deal announcement. Sell them on the deal announcement. I'm out there selling 10 minutes after the deal announcement. And now they're not getting any pop at all. I got like three or four left. I do have a few left, but not very many left now. So I cut a few of them for small losses. Because really, though, and Mitch is right. Is Mitch there? You were buy- I wasn't buying these things at 12 on the 10. I'm no, buying them at no, no. 10 dollars. You can't lose at 10. 10. Well, you can. you can. If you do lose. a bad deal, you can lose at 10. But you're not losing much. So all the ones I own, I'm barely down in because I bought most of them around 10 bucks. So I, I have a couple I paid up. I paid up um, on, on that LFTR one, and I paid up around like 1060. So I am down on a few of these things, and you're hoping you're going to get a good deal. You know, but like, like some of those were crypto. LFTR is like most supposedly, you know, from Catchy looking for crypto targets. So I was like, well, that could be good. So, you know, you're trying to play the story of this back behind it. I was looking at one management teams, which is why, you know, I like yes. the, I had the Pershing Square. I had that one forever, but then it just got silly, and then they started to implode them. I'm like, okay, I got to get out. And then um, the Goldman Sachs one I've always liked too, GSAH. It's back down here. I've never actually pulled the trigger on it. I never did buy it, 1048. But, I mean, these are ones with good management teams. So you look at management team, and then you look at the story, the potential for a story. So, But even on the good ones, they haven't had you know the love that they were getting two months ago, which makes me not want to own very many of these things. Hey, Dennis, diversification doesn't mean taking a small loss in a bunch of different stocks, okay? Well, it's better than taking one massive loss. Yeah, that's true. Dennis, Dennis, what is your definition of of a small loss, maybe in percent terms? Well, that depends. On a swing Uh, trade? It depends. On a day trade? Yeah. A small loss is like 0.1%. I don't want to be down on my day trades. I'm going with momentum. I'm going with flow. I stop myself out. Believe me. I stop, I try to stop myself out when I get down like more than a quarter of a percent on some of these trades. Not on Tesla, but on something like, you know, a smaller. I try to stop myself out quickly. On a swing trade, 3%, maybe 4%. You got to give yourself a little wiggle room, but not a lot. Not, I'm not losing 10% on stuff. And long-term investing, I'm all over the place. I'm holding stuff. I have some massive losers. I probably should cut them. Sometimes I do cut them. Sometimes, you know, I hold on to them. But, you know, I'm holding stuff for big gains so you can take some bigger losses. So long-term investing is a completely different animal. I try to approach it with a different style. I don't know if it's good or not. But my trading, my swing trading, I don't want to lose more than 3 or 4% on a swing trade, really. And on my day trading, I try to lose fractions of a percent only. So that's our small losses. Let's let's bring on our guest here, Nick Shaheen, author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Nick, good morning. Good morning to you. Great show, guys. Great show. I was laughing. I did laugh, Joel. I did laugh. <laughs> which one? He's, he gave multiple jokes, Nick. The, which, the which one joke? with the bad juju, something about credit suisse to debit suisse. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was some that was bad juju there, time. but that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, can't, I can't laugh at my own jokes. That's not uh, politically correct. So, Nick, what do you think? Value, 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 and more value, and value, and value, and more value. What's value? I mean, I, I know, I know, I, I know the the experts used to refer to the small caps as value. We're rolling out of growth, meaning the Nasdaq into value, but that's not the case anymore. 
So um, now it's all about the fangs yesterday, the big guys, the giga caps that had been sleeping and they caught a bid. So they kind of moved the indices. Yeah. So I, I really, it, I struggled with, first of all, when you said Sorkin's name, I almost threw up a little bit. Uh, I, haven't, I, have, I haven't watched CNBC all year. That was like my New Year's resolution. And I completely forgot about all of their names. <laughs> New Year's resolution. It, it was. Oh, and it was like, the, the best, for we love you, Nick. <laughs> the, the best thing ever. Um, and uh, so it's all been about ignoring the rhetoric. Um, I actually had a debate with somebody, uh, su supposedly a good trader, who, who said this was a bearish market. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we just set new all-time highs hours before that. But his perception was that it was a bearish market. He was so engrossed in the news and what could go wrong, what could implode, what what happened yeah. last time we had this set of... I said, how are you fighting $3.5 trillion of cash pouring into the economy, economy unearned cash just poof, landing in our laps? What are you shorting? And that was when the markets hadn't made the new highs. Uh, on the 26th, I think, I said, I'm buying the SPX because it's go the SPY is going to 403.90. And this is what happened. The trade was buy an SPX trade, whatever you want. <laughs> Sell a credit put spread, buy a debit call spread, do what you want. We're going up into the 400s. And that's what happened. And uh, so everybody's engrossed as to what could happen and last time we had the stars and moons aligned the same way um bad things happen just trade what's in front of you like you mentioned at&t and you mentioned that you would be interested so there was a a uh, couple of failures that you can trade against so on the 12th the high of the 12th whatever that was 3087 that would be a trigger higher so if they break above that Momentum traders might try to get to 3150 where it kind of failed big time there. That would be your second leg. So if you wanted to get long free, you yeah. would sell the put like for May. Long. Yeah. So you would sell the 29 put for May. I think it was like 40 cents. Mm -hmm. You would buy the 31 call for May, which was about the same price. So there you go. You're long with no money out of pocket. Your worst case scenario is you end up buying the shares at 29. Then you can turn around and flip them however you want with your stops. The downside with that is you don't get the dividend. That's the unfortunate part. When but you said you wanted to trade it. Yeah, right? for the dividend. If you just think so, it's going like to 35 value names, so, it's setting up a nice trade. If you're not interested in the dividend, you just think this thing can move from 31 to 35 because we're all of a sudden, you know, well, all into value. I mean, that's a way to... Play it with little so, risk. So the, the trade is you buy the rip above the 312 fail or you buy the dip into the 29 point, the, the 30 support. So 30 is the point of control on a daily chart. So that's where it was busiest. So it's going to find support. There's a cluster of support between 30 and 29.6 thereabouts. So if it dips into that, that would be your start of your swing trade. You buy the shares. If it doesn't, you buy the shares above the breakout I told you from, which is like right there. It's not that far. That's the trade on AT&T, just purely on charts. Purely yeah. on charts. What, give us the, uh, another couple of ideas here that you're looking at, Nick. Like you were talking, Fang taking off. You can clearly see, you know, that when we were just talking high P versus low P earlier on the show, um, you can clearly see the divergence where this is like low PE stocks, or, or at least reasonable PE stocks, are definitely in favor right now. 
Well, it's businesses, you know, as opposed to hopium. When the stock uh, yeah, price is good. when yeah. the stock price is purely hopium, it's hard to defend it and argue for it when everybody's worried about stuff. But when you have an actual number to shoot against, like a price to sales, if it's a growth company or if it's a uh, PE or or something, then sure. Like Facebook, uh, there was a setup last week on a breakout from the highs in September. Uh, it took a while to get back there. But throughout uh, this, you know, uneasy period of the last couple of weeks, it held up better than the rest. So I, I had the trigger that if it makes a high, then it's open air so you can ride it higher. And then on over the weekend, uh, guys and gals from the chat room were saying, oh, my God, it's going to be a bloodbath on Monday. from Because of parents? Because of something leaked of whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they should have leaked more. I thought to myself, we never learned that these don't matter. Because the U.S. user base is a fraction, a tiny fraction of the Facebook uh, uh, customers. Facebook's money is in the eyeballs and it's all over the world. We are just a tiny speck of it. So, yes, the advertisers are here, but they're tailoring to the people that are watching and the eyeballs are the actual asset. So it doesn't matter what we think here in the U.S. So there you go. It made a high. So it's in a breakout. Um, if it revisits the base of just under 300, it's normal because it's just revisiting the the the, out, the break, the breakout zone. Uh, but I wouldn't fade it. And if the markets continue on higher, this one would be leading it. I wouldn't chase Apple just because of what I'm seeing in the open interest. There's just a lot of muck to go through if they if it wants to rally, although it had a good day. Uh, so there are better better names to chase. Uh- and Apple's one, like if you look at Fang, you've got Facebook making new highs. You've got Netflix. Uh, well, Netflix kind of been in the gutter, but Google making new highs. Right. Um, Apple's so, definitely underperformed to a certain extent, at least from some of the other Fang names. So last week, also on the 31st, I issued an AMD long, and that was before it popped, uh, just because I wanted uh, to get long a chip. And everybody was worried about the chip sector, chip shortage, blah, blah, blah. And um, I looked at AMD and NVIDIA. I was equally excited about both. And then I looked at AMD. I used the market uh, structure edge tool. I believe you guys have Tim uh, on your show. Yes. Um, So to evaluate both. And AMD was at a one as far as sentiment. So it had no love. So I chose it. And it (laughs) it paid really well. And um, the next leg of that, if it's can, it can break out of the uh, resistance zone. It's at resistance right here. It has more into 84.80. But if it can clear that, maybe it can gain a little momentum. Nick, just- look at that. Look at the break. Look at the all-time high, a break, a lower high, a break, a lower high, a break, a lower on high uh, at AMD. Yes, but here's the problem with AMD. So it built a beautiful house up there. But now it looks it's looking like but but look at what it built it on. It's two one stick on the left hand side with I know, two giant, I know, I know. Two, two giant gaps. And and it's a, like a complex head and shoulder, I think the experts call it. It's I see like it. Two two humps on the left, one big hump yeah. in the middle, one yeah. hump on the right, and one hump forming. <laughs> so you stop out immediately after seventy-four. Because oh yeah, not, it, you got it, baby. That is you, a level. You do not want to yep. ride it. You do not want to find out where the support is. After seventy four, and, like and then you, down to sixty, and then you load up at like sixty two minus. I'll I'll bid sixty oh one right now. I go. I should just write the put. You're right. If you think sixty, I want to just. What can I get any <laughs> premium for the sixty puts, or it's just too just, low? Here, write the put when when it's falling hard. 
I can't wait to write the put. Right, because then you'll get everybody panicking. I sold AMD puts at $20 during the pandemic. I got $2.20 for it. It's a pretty good sell. Yeah, and I did it twice. I did it one at 22 and one at 20. Hey, what's going on in the GameStop options? I know you. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got sick of watching it, so I bailed. That, that's um, exactly what Dennis said. It took up too much of his yeah, exactly. I can't look at it. It just wastes your time. <laughs> you know, you know, wait, wait. I looked at GameStop and their business actually has numbers. It's not like it's a fake company. So they actually have it's just a business not exciting, but uh, you know, it's like price to sales is like two. So it's not like com- completely junk. Ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I have not I have not looked at it. Um I I've been trying to, uh, you know, I was long Tesla and Neo when everybody was freaking out. Uh, it wasn't easy, but it, I eked out a profit. I closed some Neo yesterday. I was long Arc, long Arc K via credit put spread Ooh. last week at 118. That got nice. tested really hard, uh, but I stood my ground and it worked out okay. Um, what do you, I, what do you I, think of Tesla now? What are you doing with your Tesla? I nothing. I I had the last one I had was a uh, credit put spread, a bull put spread, and I closed it uh, for uh, for greens. Like I bought it back for pennies. I I sold it when people were freaking out. So usually you get yeah. if you get a buck and then it comes down to like twelve, fourteen cents, you just buy it back. It's uh, silly to keep cheap risk open. So you've sold into this rally. I did sell into it. I sold some just before it, and I didn't get shaken out. Uh, so that's the trick is where do you draw the line? So if a stock falls um, in panic and I have a long position before I bail based on my parameters of stop loss percentage, like you mentioned, by the way, I love the way you said that you stop at two to 3% or a fraction depends on the type of trade you are. So yeah. that's like the futures traders mentality, which yeah. most retail traders lack. Uh, so but when I look at the chart and I see it falling into a prior support zone, I don't bail out of it. I see what happens. Uh, then I stop myself out of that. So I sometimes break my own rule uh, to get information from the outside factors. Wow, we all so break rules. <laughs> right? Otherwise, we'd be perfect. <laughs> I broke rules when I was a little kid all my life. So you got your rules, and sometimes you just stretch them a little bit, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm breaking them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've also made mistakes, like flat-out mistakes. And it's like, what was I thinking? Like one day, I forgot I had something expiring that day. It was a, you know, a zero it was like a intraday trade and I completely forgot it was open and it was a winner. And then it turned out to be a complete blowout. I was like, Oh, well, that was like two Fridays ago. So Wait, we uh, all make mistakes. No, note to self. Don't be in the chat room when you're day trading <laughs> <laughs> or don't do live shows when you're trading as well. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, not, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you lose um, your train of thought in a hurry. It's like, Oh, right. oh something's going on. <laughs> So during the during the tizzy, uh, we looked at the fangs to see if we could do some trades. I think Netflix was one that we did uh, trades on, but mainly the S and P. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I was going to just ask any other trades on your radar for the week. Um, so as you know, I write for you folks a lot, and uh, so I'm always scratching. Like yesterday, uh, I was I owed somebody a trade write up, and I was like, "What? There's nothing. I couldn't find." something of value that's falling into a level to where I say, okay, I can get long behind. So I shared a uh, portfolio balance trade of sorts. So selling a bear call spread in an index like the SPX 
the reason I chose the SPX is because it's cash settled, so there's no early assignments or anything like that. Uh, so it was an easy um, write-up that fits anybody's portfolio that has uh, bullish positions and nothing but bullish positions. Instead of buying VIX to protect yourself or buying puts to protect yourself, you can collect money uh, out in time, way above current price, like at the 4220 uh, at the SPX for May, for example, would work. And, um, you know, the statistics, um, theoretical success is in the, in the mid-80s. Uh, and the payout would be the yield is about 25%. So not a bad way to balance a portfolio. So that was the most recent share. And I keep looking for good companies that are falling on bad times. And the chart says, okay, it's into support to see if we can catch a swing trade or if it has a trigger um, or just uh, cash generation by selling put spreads below support. Yeah, I should know that Nick is the author of the Benzinga Options uh, newsletter. The link is in, it's up on the screen, but it's also in the chat and that's clickable. If you hop on over, I just posted it in there. I'll post it again here, but that's the link to Nick's Benzinga Options letter that he is the author of and sends out, what, is, is, it, is it weekly? I don't even. It's it's every day almost. Every it, day. Depends on, it's, it depends on what you choose. You can be three times a week. You can be one time every two weeks. You can be once a week. It depends on what you want to get involved with. Um, but the, the, the concept is to have a system and the concept is to be able to book a profit early and leave money on the table. So if uh, I'll give you an example. So statistically, the trades I shared, I think it was like 140 or something like that. I looked back and tried to tabulate it. Um, if somebody booked their profits of around 15%, they had more than 83% success ratio. If somebody did nothing but credit put spread, they had more like than 95% success ratio. The difference is the return on credit put spreads is an average of about 15%, which in my book is aces, um, because these are the boring at base hits trades that I can make a living on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And if you caught the breakouts that we've had uh, by buying upside hope, uh, the success is bigger. So the percentage um, amount, like if I won, I won 25 to 30% versus the average 15%. But I needed to time it. Whereas with the credit put spread, if I chose good entries and good levels, I didn't need to time it. So there's a link up again. It's also on the screen. Uh, it's in the chat. Nick's Benzinga Options Letter. Nick Shaheen joins us every other Tuesday uh, to talk options with us. Nick, we always appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We'll check back with you in a couple of weeks. Great show. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, there's a bunch of tickers flying in chat uh, that I, that I want to get to here. Uh, somebody mentioned Romeo Power. They did there was like a contract this morning. They signed an agreement, a long-term supply agreement for some bat from, for some uh, batteries. Ooh, like. pop. Yep. So uh, yeah, it, the, the, the deal was with, uh, I guess, Picard PCAR. That was the, that mm -hmm. was, that was who the agreement is with um, for the manufacturing of, of batteries. So R RMO, there's your headline this morning. This is what you got to look at in this stock. Uh, you had, it's been pretty volatile. You just failed under 920 here. I wasn't looking at the pre-market chart. So what, what I don't like is that you hit a 918 high and then someone's still trying to wiggle out here because of the 15-minute brackets, the high has come down. So if you're looking for this, like, this, like, this great, runner trade today and get back all these losses you just want to see a blow through 920 
just go through it, boom, open up nine bucks, nine twenty, nine thirty, nine forty, nine fifty. Well, then else I would, yeah, yeah, a then, brick wall at ten. Yeah, and then you got you got a, a gap up to ten eleven. So a lot of people that have been buying the short term might be looking at that. But Paramount, take out that pre market high and keep on going. If not, you got a fade on your hands. Everybody is buried in the stock. I there are so many bag holders in this stock that it's going to struggle to rally at all. It's unless you bought it yesterday. Year. Unless yeah, you bought if it yesterday. You bought it yesterday. I'd be selling it this morning. I mean, you you could get through your 920 level. Is there room to 10? Is it oversold? It's possible, but there's all the path of least resistance. People don't want to hear this. The path of least resistance for this stock is still lower because there's just so much overhead supply. Every single person that has bought this stock I'll get it back is to down 15. money. Please, please give me back to 10. Please give me back to... There's so many people at 10. Think about everybody who bought it pre-SPAC at 10. And now they just want their money back. So there'll be a like a wall of sellers at 10. Um, if it got up there, if it got up near 10, um, I would probably be trying to short it if it got near 10. I mean, the I only thing is, is, is there a big short... I don't know. There's not big short interest in these things, right? I mean... Uh, that, that, I don't think it's super... Yeah, bad. I mean, that would be the only thing. Or else if you get a, you know, you know, if you get a fund, it's like, oh, oh, we got some news here. Everyone's buried. You know, let's just jump on it. But I don't see that until it takes out that pre-market high. So tough. I mean, these are the opposite. So this is a hard lesson for everyone who's just been living the bull market. But when stocks are making new lows, I always say you got to go. And it is so hard when you have so many people who are stuck in something. It is so hard to really get those stocks to come back because there is just overhead supply, something fierce. Like this is the maximum overhead supply when stocks are up. <laughs> the stocks are at all-time lows. We get a nice pop. There are people so excited today. Is this the turnaround story? Is that my Romeo Power finally going to go? You got 12% here. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good pop for a stock that's, you know, been ugly for a long time. Um, could it go to 10? A stock can do anything. There is probably room to 10, but above 10 is going to be really tough. And I don't even think they're, it's already fading. Like you said, Joe, we got to get to 920. If I was in this thing, I'd be selling it. That's just my opinion. All right. We, I'm sorry, Joe. Were you done? Didn't yeah, that was a lot of time on Romeo right, Power. We, we, we got to talk about you know, eBang, uh, E-B-O-N here. Uh, E-B-O-N. The sport was back in town. Hindenburg out this morning. Oh, Hindenburg. About 10 minutes ago now. Uh, calling eBang yet another crypto China hustle. Um, and calling the whole thing a fraud, basically. Wow. I don't know what's a fraud and what's not a fraud. In you Hindenburg. can never tell these days. Does good research. People are already stuck. No comments. I'm not buying it. I'll tell you that much. Uh, maybe uh, if you're looking for, I'm just going to give this just bait. I mean, you do have some lows here. You have one low uh, at 542, and then the next low at 483. So with these, when these hit pieces come out, if they don't, if they don't rebound pretty quickly then a lot of times they don't rebound and uh, we'll see what this one does today. But I see that low at four, nine, five And you haven't hit that yet, but it kind of looks like you're going there. And then the next low is at four eighty three. What was their last report was on a ride. Wasn't it? Oh yeah. Ride. Ride has never was, come back. That was on. Um, when was that? That was on uh, March 12th. 
these stocks, anything that was a SPAC and then any company that's still a concept and not actually making money is hated, hated by this market. What about Clover too? You need to get the sentiment towards these names changed. The market, like we've been saying for the last, we've been saying it for a while here now, has turned from growth to value. These are growth. These are these are you know your high. These aren't even PE stocks because they don't, they don't have, have a PE. They don't have anything. They don't even have revenue. They don't even have earnings. Yeah, they don't even have revenue. I they, mean, there's still pre-revenue. Some of these companies, there, you know, like no space and ride. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. What to about Amazon, in. Dennis? What about Amazon? Yeah, that's always the argument. <laughs> no, but Amazon, and we know Amazon makes money, and Amazon is your biggest retailer, and Amazon is price to sales isn't isn't crazy. Um, you can look and say, okay, well, it's trading what eighty times earnings or something like that. But Amazon always reinvests themselves for growth. And if they wanted to make more money on the bottom line, they could. They're just smart enough. They don't like paying tax, and they figure out how to go. It's 77 times. It's You can say that's crazy, but they, with the sales that they have, you know, with the growth in the businesses that they're in, if they wanted to start to make more money on the bottom line, they could. They, they could. just keep reinvesting. So you know, we had, who was it? It was Michael Pactor arguing that back when the stock was $500. Remember we had him on the show when Amazon was five or six hundred dollars, and he said if Amazon wanted to make twenty or thirty dollars a share, they could. They could, but he's like they continue to invest for growth. So you can't look at Amazon and say, oh, it's nuts at seventy-seven times. Let's think about this. This is your biggest online, you know, retailer, and it's going to remain your biggest online retailer probably for a long time. So right. I just don't see this as this. Cra- People say it's crazy, you know, crazy multiple. It's not as crazy as you think. Right. No, but Joel's point, though, was that people always held up Amazon as, look, uh, you know, company with with no earnings and they do just fine. But your, your point is that they chose they chose to have no earnings. They chose to have no earnings. It's yeah. a difference. And that was what the enlightening. That's when, you know, I've been bullish Amazon for a while. Like, I believe it was Michael Pactor. You know, you can learn a lot from Michael Pactor. All right, and I'm gonna get him on again. He he's just fabulous, and you know, back when I think it was I I, I I think it was him on the show. We're going back like four or five years ago, and Amazon was like five or six hundred dollars. I can remember him saying they could make twenty or thirty dollars a share right now. Was if they that wanted Gene? To. Was it Michael or was it Gene? Uh, no, I think it was Michael. Gene's been bullish Amazon forever too, though. So I, I, he I don't know bullish. how Dennis remembers any conversation from five years ago, but. But, certain uh, things like remember. I think it was Mike. I think it was Michael Pactor. Gene's been all over this too, though. So prop to Gene as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do a couple more here. Someone asked about QuantumScape, QS, another uh, former SPAC. Right. What are, what are you thinking? Uh, right. Had that gap up. It's not holding. Uh-huh. I don't like this chart. I'll just give you. What do you have? You had to lower the move at forty-one seventy-five. Uh, high of the move, so that's about 11, five and a half. It has a hold in 46, 47. That's that's around the Kramer has been hold. trying to pump this back up too. And if this takes out 40, if the 40 is the line in the sand, and we were talking this a few days ago, it was like 43 or 44. We're like, 40 is your line in the sand. 40 50, takes out 40 dollars, it could be a 20. So you want to make sure, you know, if you're long this thing. You know, if you want to play it, that, you know, we're going to turn around and start buying, you know, all this growth and no earning stocks again, which it doesn't look like we're doing that anytime soon. Um, your line in the sand has got to be 40 on this. So if you're long at 48, I would stop myself up below 40. I am not touching this. I think it goes lower. Isn't this uh, Gates? Isn't Gates in this one big? 
Is this the Gates one or I don't not? Know. Uh, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but uh, how did this thing get to 132.73? Holy mackerel. Wow. These people didn't care anything about anything. They just were, it was all hot potato game. You're just buying stocks because you think there's going to be another buyer to pay more money. And you're just throwing out, you know, ridiculous numbers on everything. And, and that's all come, it's all changed. That's all changed. And Reddit changed. Reddit honestly changed a lot of this. Reddit helped, you know, because again, like I said, they pick on value names. They were looking, actually doing some fundamental research. We give some Reddit traders the heat. I know they all hated me, you know, when I said, I don't even remember what I said. And I had like 2,000 negative comments on Reddit about me. I can't remember. 3, I said, I said 3, they, weren't, they weren't having as much influence as they were before, which was yeah. probably true. But they weren't. But but that being said, they do some great research on Reddit. Like I've looked through Reddit. There are some very smart traders on there, and they've kind of changed the dynamics of this market. So I'm giving Reddit a lot of credit here today. We'll give Reddit credit, and they have changed the dynamics of this market from this buying anything at any cost to looking through and doing due diligence and doing fundamental research again and finding diamonds in the rough. And GameStop was definitely a diamond in the rough. Roaring Kitty found the diamond in the rough. Is it make sense at 180? Probably not. But did it make sense at four or five bucks? You know, and me and Joel were on the other side of that. But you said you do the research. You're like, okay, well, maybe there is some value here. So they like the value. They like those types of names. There's a few other growth names in there, too. They like the story stocks as well. But if you look, there's a predominant theme over there. And it was, you know, short. It was, there was a lot of value names on there. Well, it's like everything else. If you, every message board has the same thing if you can weed through the nonsense there is bound to be diamonds in there there's bound to be gems yeah research if you just research research is working. you don't know who's on there i mean it's all you don't know who these people are. i mean there could be uh you know renaissance uh you know capital they could be there's you don't know man you don't know you don't know who's in there no. i not at all man it uh uh no I agree. And someone said we don't we we uh, give Reddit a lot of heat I, on here. We got back and forth. I don't think so. Somebody think said we, that we, we give them love and hate. We no. give everyone love and hate. I I, I think <laughs> I, I think I think maybe we use them as like a proxy for like the overall retail trader. But yeah, Joel's right. We go we go both ways. It really. Does, yeah, we. I think they're smart. I think it's smart we managed to piss everybody it, it really off. Just one way or another. Another. It really you know, we're we're very versatile. We upset everybody and <laughs> equally. <laughs> Equally. We try to upset everyone equally. It's like yes. the South Park theme. Exactly. If, if you say something offside against everyone, it's not that offside. We want everyone <laughs> to hate us. I mean, basically, that's how we've improved our traffic over the past year. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a wrap for pre-market prep today. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. The show is always avail available as a podcast, right? It's on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google, et cetera, et cetera. It's also re-uploaded uh, on YouTube, uh, usually usually within the hour. Uh, but, I, but I think going forward, uh, starting tomorrow perhaps, we may make it a lot quicker for you to be able to find this show. Uh, but always available on Benzinga's YouTube, YouTube channel as a podcast. Like I said, once again, smash the like button for Joel, for Dennis, uh, for Nick, I gotta get Dennis in the habit of saying goodbye when he leaves. He always just leaves without saying goodbye. Okay. Uh, Joel always says goodbye. Dennis never says goodbye. Because he's, you know, because he's rude and he wasn't raised right by his mom. Is that he's that's Canadian? Crazy. I thought they're all polite. It, 
I guess he didn't say goodbye, but you know what? Everyone, have a good day, and I'm going to say goodbye. We'll right. see Thanks. you at 3.30. I'll be on time today, Spencer. Okay. Uh, Ciao. Yeah, I appreciate it. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone, have a good rest of your day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.